Welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with HR leaders from around the world. In the battle to be viewed as a more strategic and value-adding, HR often takes on greater responsibility. So is it time for HR to do less in certain areas in order to contribute more meaningfully in others? I'm here with Joy Deep Matsudi, Senior Vice President, Human Resources for the Life Sciences segment at Beckton Dickinson & Company to discuss HR in today's hyper-competitive business environment. Joy Deep, thank you very much for joining us today. You're very welcome, Alan. Looking forward to it. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself uh, and your role at Beckton Dickinson? Sure. Uh, as you rightly said, I, I lead the life sciences segment at Beckton Dickinson. As you might be aware, Beckton Dickinson is a $12 billion medical tech and life sciences company, and we have two yep. segments that we created about a year and a quarter back. Uh, my tenure with BD lasts about 14 years, starting off as the HR leader for India, a couple of regional roles across Australia and Europe, and then I led uh, two global businesses from an HR standpoint. Uh, 14 years, seven assignments, very engaged and excited. Absolutely. So it's really true global experience you can sort of bring to the table. That's, uh, that's going to be highly valuable for people to, to hear your insights. Um, in your opinion, um, what's the most important competency for an HR leader to have in today's evolving business landscape? As, as everybody on this call would probably know, you know, the, the rate of change across all industries and the rate of change across most geographies has probably quadrupled in the last 10 years. In light of that, business strategies are getting increasingly a lot more flexible and changing at a far rapid pace enabled by technology than we've probably seen in the past five years. So in response to that, I think about uh, six key competencies that any HR leader needs to bring to the table uh, to, be, to be an effective business partner or a thought partner, the CEO or his, or his or her leadership team. The first thing is obviously, you know, just about creating credible trust, being a credible activist in terms of doing what you say you need to do and do it by the time you say. To me, that, that is at the foundation of creating personal trust without, without which HR doesn't actually have a seat on the table. Uh, moving away from credibility and trust, I think, is, is a strategic position. Uh, how well do HR leaders understand the structure and logic of the industries they participate in? How well do they understand the underlying competitive dynamics of the markets they serve, uh, customer, competitor, supplier trends? And taking all that in, how well are they being able to come back with a strategy, an HR and organization strategy that truly and actually accelerates the business strategy. That to me is the second big one. The third is capability builder, because uh, capabilities are changing, as I said, enabled by technology, capabilities that businesses need are also changing very, very rapidly. And oftentimes, you know, to participate in this very small talent markets, but how do you do it? How do you bring innovation in acquisition processes? How do you bring innovation in creating talent where talent doesn't exist? That's a big piece of creating capability for the company. The third is, uh, the fourth piece is managing change. Being the change champion for the organization more or less falls onto HR in terms of leading the thought process, driving the change practice across the organization. That is a big one in terms of a new competency that's jumping out. The fifth one for me is just an innovator and integrator, saying how do you as an HR leader make HR as a whole, more effective than the sum of its parts, because 
more and more HR is getting structured around COEs, around you know mm-hmm. shared service centers, uh, enabled by technology, etc. But as an HR leader, mm-hmm. your job is to interface with the clients and stitch it for the clients. So how do you innovate to make sure there's one seamless space of HR? And the last thing which all of us are getting into more and more is how do you as an HR leader become a technology proponent? So how are you applying a lot more social media and social networking technologies to make business of HR happen a lot more seamlessly for your clients? So those are the six competencies that jump out to me, Alan, that we need to get a lot better at and continuously right. home. And, and, and are you sort of seeing um, you know, the evolution of that? I mean, are you seeing that, um, that HR in general is improving in these areas? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at technologies, there's been a rapid leap in technologies, right? When I think mm-hmm. of a solution like Workday, if implemented well, it throws up so much of predictive analytics for you. That as mm-hmm. HR business partners, how do you make most use of this analytics to really guide your business very differently to the way you did before? It's much more, you get a lot more leading indicators as opposed to lagging data. And that to me is very, very exciting for anybody in HR. Yeah, absolutely. So based on your, your experience, what kinds of behaviors um, account for true leadership effectiveness in HR? It's no different from any other business lead. I mean, I, I for example, look for intellectual curiosity. Saying, mm-hmm. Are you curious enough to step outside the domain of HR to really participate in building the strategy. And through that process, help your business leadership think through issues that are downstream. Uh, what is the organizational psychology you're trying to create? Culture, values, organization design. What capabilities exist where? And how should you tap them? Without those, implementing a business strategy becomes, becomes so much more difficult. So just the intellectual curiosity is one big piece. Second piece about HR is, just delivery. So once you do the intellectual curiosity work, you create a plan, how do you really engage the business in delivering the solution? And the third piece is saying, are you getting better at predicting? I hear it all the time. You guys are really good as business partners, but can you jump over the hoop and get a little more strategic, a little more predictive in terms of using data, get my attention using data, and then guide me on what are the solutions you have on the table? and engage me in solving the problem. Those are three that jump out to me as leading behaviors. Intellectual curiosity, very strong execution, a lot more predictive in our plans as opposed to reactive. Yeah, we definitely hear a lot of that you know, across the market, Joy most, most definitely with regard to the you know, predictive side, especially um, knowing as what's the next step and what, is, what do these things mean and, and how they're going to you know, further improve the, the business operations. Um, are you generally are you sort of seeing that the HR professional as a whole is becoming, you know, more numerate as a result, um, more focused um, around the sort of metrics of, of how these predictive analytics can be can be uh, assessed, I guess you could say, or measured. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Without without data, it's very difficult for us to participate and predict what's going to happen from a even if you talk about your own employee demographics. And you're talking about creating new capabilities. Your workforce planning has got to be so much more often in the in the current state and in the future than it was. It's very difficult to come up with a three-year workforce plan, given the volatility of industries you're participating in. So unless you engage in data, unless you extract data really well and turn on the smarts to be able to guide the business, I think HR will be feeling 
itself and its mission. Nice. Really be a value-added function. I guess from a business side, are you, are you, are you sort of seeing that the business is um, you're buying into HR much more because of that stronger connection than to, to the numbers and to, to the predictive analytics? Are you getting really positive feedback from them? When they see it, absolutely yes. In fact, uh, mm. the demand is of saying, how can you shift to smarter analytics with a very different set of HR business partner capabilities that can use the analytics, but that can engage on the strategy side and deliver against it a lot more than being the traditional HR relationship manager. Uh, right. And that's a big shift for HR in most companies. Uh, when I interact with my peers across industries, most of them are struggling with how do I truly transform HR business partner capability now that mm. I have solutions that can make the interaction far more strategic than it was earlier. So what, what advice would you give then to, to HR leaders you know, operating um, you know, with strong results orientation? It won't be any different to what you might have heard before, Alan. I mean, to me, if you're not credible mm. on the transactional side, it's very difficult to break out of that paradigm and get on to truly be to have a seat on the table and add value, even if you want to. So my f- number one is fix the fundamentals as quickly as you can. Harness technology as fast as you can. Enable that change to happen. If you're not doing that, you'll be spinning your wheels in the transaction area for a long time and probably do a disservice both to your function and to the company. Fix that and then make sure you're at the same time you're really focusing on churning capability in the HR business partner network that you have within your organization. If you're not upskilling uh, capability really quickly, if you're not being really focused on both performance and potential and, and the desired capability, uh, you don't have much time because we are experiencing so much more churn and change in the industry spaces. We need mm. extremely agile strategic thinkers in HR to really help the business uh, because you're looking at managing multiple organization models in the same company. Uh, let me give you an example. I might have a $2 billion core business that's growing at 3 to 5%, that is, but it's chugging along at a steady space, going better than market uh, averages. There, my organization model will be very different where I'm participating in a new space that's growing at 20, 25%, but, is, but operates at three times the clock speed of my core business. The model, the culture, the behaviors, the governance, the reward systems have to be dramatically different. Now, I as an HR business partner, if I'm not engaged and I do not understand the differences between the two market spaces, I just land up implementing old, large business policies, processes, reward systems into a space and slow it down and thereby render it completely uh, competitive-less. You know what I mean? You don't even shine because of HR interaction. That's what I mean by, you know, what HR could do differently is exactly that. Fix fundamentals, use technology, push HR business partner capability very, very differently. Right, so it's just become a much more complex um, function and offering um, over the years and you know, uh, if anything's constant, it's going to be change within the HR uh, HR world. I think HR now and into the future is, is going to be no different than running running a little business because that's exactly what you need. It's strong numbers, strong analytics. Uh, your customers need to be serviced every day with the lowest cost to serve, and your best and highest cost-based resources should be dealing with strategy and making a difference there. It's very similar. Right. So with, so with the role 
of HR expanding, in your opinion, what will sort of thinking outside of the box mean for for HR in future? I'm not sure whether thinking outside the box is as relevant as thinking about the spaces. So the example that I just gave you, a billion-dollar core business and a new space. Am I, as a HR business partner, for example, do I have the smarts and the analytics to truly understand the difference? Am I able to stand up and use data to say, hey, you know what? When you get into this new space, these are my recommendations. Your design should look like this. These are the options that you have. Why you should have a different comp program? Why your policies ought to be different? And how will you succeed with the talent there? Because typically in new spaces, talent is razor thin. And you're competing for talent in a very, very heated market. So how do you create a value proposition that is unique, that enables this little business to move at a very different different space? To me, that is thinking outside the box. Is to go deep into the spaces you want to get into and really have a solution or a set of options that you can you know, wrestle to the ground with your business partner and then create something that's so unique and sustainable that that becomes a competitive differentiator for you down the line. That, to me, is, I think, what HR needs to go do more and more whilst reducing cost to serve using shared service centers, using technology as much as it can. That was Joy Deepmatsuri, Senior Vice President, Human Resources, the life science segment at Beckton Dickinson & Company, uh, discussing the evolution in HR, today's hyper-competitive business environment. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.